You are listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw, your host. This is season two, episode number 28. We're talking about miracles today with an honored guest of the podcast who is also a listener, who is also a therapist, and who is also Derek's sister. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this. <laughs> Kicking it off with a bumper by Paramore. By the way, punktheology.com is the website. Search Spotify for Punk Theology, the playlist, to hear all the bumpers in their entirety that we play here on the podcast. Hey, help a punk rock robot out by smashing that subscribe button. Smash it. Go ahead, fucking smash it. been a few weeks. It was like two. Anyway. You're so really excited. Yell at the microphone. Ah! We have a guest. Kristen is here. Derek's uh, sister. Uh, it's, it's great to have you. We've heard... Alright, so this meeting, this interaction, these souls in this room at this time was kind of thrown together last minute. Uh, we're missing Chuck in this episode. I really hope we have Kristen on again because she's a great person, a great human being, and an interesting and valuable guest. As far as us uh, dudes in the room, Derek was sick. John was pretty good. Like, John was on. <laughs> Kristen was great. I woke up at some ungodly hour, 4.30 in the morning, and I was just out of it at this point. Arthur was on, but also fatigued at this point. And Steve was Steve was there. He's mostly quiet. But even despite all that, this is a really interesting conversation. I sure hope she comes on again because uh, I should have rebooted the show, but I didn't. So here, here you go. Well, in Spokane, Washington. I oh, live in, in Spokane. Idaho. You live yes, in Idaho. But I work in Spokane. I see. So you buy the alcohol in Idaho because the Washington State tax will kill you. Weed. No, oh, and yes. weed. There you go. So you like cannabis? Uh, Not so much. Uh, yeah. It depends. depends. There's no cannabis in Idaho. Set in a setting. No. There's yeah. plenty of cannabis in Idaho. Yeah, there's right. a lot. You're just not. Just yeah. not so you, you get, store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. And you still get hit pretty hard with legal stuff if you get caught. Oh man. Mm-hmm. So weird. Like Mexico is right next door. <laughs> Without all the border patrol. Yes. Right. If you smoke enough weed, then yes. <laughs> launching so. into it. Uh, so you're a listener to the show too, which is which was interesting. I am a listener. Yeah, we've never had a listener on the show. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's terrible. Right. Even Misha. Misha she doesn't listen. Oh. She's listening. My wife listens. My wife is, it's kind of nice to know because Your I can say whatever I want to say, and yeah, nobody's ever going to hear it. I don't know if that'd be interesting. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> My wife was like, "Oh, I want to listen to that." One. My wife needs to listen to the show. You're a therapist. I think your wife on the show would be really interesting. 
right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. never listened to an episode, by the way. You've never told her to listen to something. Uh, yeah. It's telling, isn't it? So we are um, anyway <laughs> getting the plane off the ground. The topic tonight, the supernatural, which uh, our well, guest brought it, up. It was a question. Really interesting. Kristen had, well. and she didn't flesh out the question. She's going to do that now. Yeah. So. What is the question or the idea? As well, so formulated. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of based off of. Well, I mean, the reason what I was thinking about, and I was thinking about it on the way over here yeah, yeah. on my drive. So, because um, because when I think about theology, because. Uh-huh. Uh, my entire education, so growing up, but then also my higher education was based in some kind of Christian school. Okay. And so because of that, I mean, I've been really heavily indoctrinated in Christianity. So whenever I think about theology, I think about miracles. And so I just wanted to be able to talk about, or at least, at least in my experience, miracles has been something that's been particularly really traumatizing for me. And so I'm just curious as to how, for the people in the room, I don't even know, like, who identifies as Christian still? I would. So I do. Christian, you do. Mm-hmm. I do, but, if, no, I, iffy? I do, but I'm, I'm definitely going through a, a, a thing, but, but yeah, I, Do I, you identify as? Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. It comes and it goes. <laughs> some Dude, days. I was at your Jesus Seder. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> that day he did. Yeah, that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That day you were. I'm a very different Christian than I was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. You still pray. Well, that's why I wonder because I mean the, the topic I might not even pray. entirely apply if people aren't Christians, but that's well, just so what I'm curious about. I, I guess I've landed sometimes. on God is love, mm-hmm. and I've always like. Okay, wait, wait, wait. God How is do you love, define man. love? It's the thing that God. <laughs> God. This is why I don't believe in evil anymore. Because it's circular. People, are, people, right. <laughs> people ask what's good, and it's the absence of evil. Um, so what's evil? Yeah, it's no, the I, absence of good. Yes, I, I can recognize it that it's like, uh, you know, is, are you describing a, a pleasant a euphoric emotion? or um, It's... I like the way Rob Bell has described it. Like, there's this... He, he kind of talks about, like, there's this hum in me. You know, like this connectedness. It's the connection you feel to your children. It's what makes music sound good. It's it's transcendent. It, it, it's it's beyond you, and it's this thing that connects us all. Um, it's more than just feeling good because there's a component of grief and loss to it as well. Um, I think it's the best parts of us. It's I sound like a hippie, I know, but it's, it's like that thing that brings us together. Um, so it's some kind of glue. It's something that mm. unites us. But it's, it's bigger, though, as well. It, I, it, it's hard to describe, right? As, as it should be, if it's a transcendent thing. It's about as hard to describe as God, maybe. Right, because God is love. <laughs> and, and, and that's a faith statement. I recognize that. I mean, it's a faith statement. I can't. So when that. you say God is love, is God personal or impersonal? That's an interesting question. I think personal, though, I, I go back and forth on this because, like, like I've shared before, my, my <laughs> default sometimes tends to be deism. I need to work myself out of that. Um, so is love an entity that is personal? It is when my daughter wants a hug or when, you know, my friend's grieving the loss of his grandfather or when we're here talking. It's the best kind. It's the best kind. Yeah. But it's also like like if it's if it's in the form of music or nature or good food or good wine, it's it's personal in the way that I'm interacting with it and digesting it or enjoying it. 
um, or re responding to it just with my own sensory perceptions or whatever. Uh, did I answer your question? <laughs> in, in kind of a... In the best way I think you could. Right? Yeah. yeah but that's, but, okay. So, but you were saying that God is love. That's a faith so, statement. Mm -hmm. so, so if God is love, and so I say I identify as a Christian, and this could very well be conditioning, uh, but if God is love, and Jesus is the image or icon of God, I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. um, that can give me peace that it's a benevolent universe, perhaps. Uh, and maybe that's a story I tell myself to sleep better at night. I acknowledge that's a possibility. But, you know, because the other side of that is, well, no, I mean, the universe is chaotic. You know, it's, it's total chaos. Like, I see that side of it as well. Um, but there seems to be some kind of order to things. Um, and, and so, so when, when I say God is love and it has a Jesus-y flavor, I mean, that's because I'm a, you know, a North American that was raised by Christian parents. Mm -hmm. If it was, if we were talking in India, it'd be different. I, I fully admit that. So I'm not a very dogmatic <coughs> Christian, but my Christianity has a, or, or I should say my, my love or my faith construct has a, a Christian-y or a Jesus-y flavor to it because of the time and place in which I was born. Does supernatural have any part of your faith ideology? Like just the whole idea of, because I'm mean, especially believing in God, believing that there yeah. is something in us, outside of us, something holding us together. Yeah. And so then there's the observable world that yeah. we live in, but then the whole idea of supernatural being that there is something. That there's a system outside of yes, what's observable. That can break the laws that we observe. Is that something that anybody... Because, has? so where I am with that question, it's a great question. I don't know quite how to answer that because I'm sort of at a place of, I don't know, but isn't love enough? Kind of. Mm. Like, do, do I need more? Um, do I need a miracle? Do, do I need this person healed? Or is just the fact that, that I love them and maybe they love me and I can sit and be present with them maybe even into the hour of their death? Isn't that okay? Isn't that enough? I think that can be enough. It's just when I think about the church, especially the traditional church as a whole, it's not enough for them. And so, they need the I mean, it's enough for a pocket of people. Um, I think the problem with that tends to be <coughs> if it's something that, if it's something that happens through a force that's not observable, then you can't observe it, right? So you don't know if it exists because mm -hmm. by definition you can't observe it. Um, Where So... Sorry. It, it's always, it, it, I mean, I, I can bring up anecdotes or examples of like, um, like my son was sick and our church prayed for him and he got better, but it was, he was like, that's the kind of stuff that freaks me out. But he, he was like really sick. Like, like his white cell counts were crazy. Like, like he was really sick. It was like, you know, do we need to take him to an oncologist kind of thing? And, and he, people prayed for him and he was healed. Now, would he have but been healed otherwise? There, yes, why, why does there have to be a correlation? Because that at least feels to me like superstition. Right? More yes. And, but those two things dance pretty... Well, I, I, I just want to say, though, like, like aside from a, few, a couple things I can point to, this seemed like small anecdotes. It's not like... A, there's this great website <laughs> that the atheists like, uh, uh, why doesn't... I, I forget the, ex the actual name, but it's something to the effect of of why doesn't God heal amputees? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just Curl like... another leg back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you ever notice? It's just, it, it's a there great question. There seems to be a limit to his power. And the miracles are always someone else, right. somewhere else. It's an anecdote. Like, I haven't experienced it, but that guy, I that guy knows someone that did. It, it, and, and I think, 
when you recognize how removed you are and are just honest about it, maybe the best thing is to just not look for it or not hope for it. Not like in a safeguard, like I'll disappoint myself kind of way, but like, yeah, not need it because it's futile. Like, you know, let's just love is enough. We have love. You can point to love. That's something that I think we have as humans. And let's just kind of rest on that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Arthur. I grew up in a faith construct that firmly believed in the power of prayer and, and, <coughs> and an interventionist God mm -hmm. that is very traditional. The interventionist God. That, that, is, that is traditional Christianity, end of story, period. Like, that is orthodox belief. Uh, it, we say or, it's popular. It's it's not. I wouldn't say that's Eastern Orthodox. I was gonna say Western. Orthodox. Yeah, yeah. It like is. like like we talk about talking about a church. We said Orthodox. Orthodox I just want to be clear. <laughs> that has a non-proper meaning to that word. I understand. I just wanted to be clear because I because I've identified as Eastern Orthodox before and so, yeah. Before but, is that dying? Maybe. Go on. Uh, so uh, that exists, and then um, so one of the things that you know that I struggled with uh, is that you know I believe in the scientific method. Mm -hmm. We have put prayer to the test. And the only explanation that we can have is that if, if, if God honors prayer and does medical miracles based on <coughs> prayer, then there must be someone paying the cost for prayer. Because statistically speaking, mm. there is no evidence that prayer works. Yeah. So if it is working... That means he's healing someone at the cost of someone else to make the scientific method prove mm -hmm. that it doesn't exist. And then he's not benevolent. He's just trading. Oh. And that is shitty. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe in that God either. And or, or alternatively, <laughs> if you're looking at it. I don't believe if you're, in that one. Of course not. Nobody does. Yeah. But that's the point of the thing, dude. They don't believe okay. in it directly. They believe but, in it on the shadows. Right, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. so if that's not true, then the alternative is that if you're looking at it and if you're measuring it, he just won't do it. Which means that none of the miracles of the kids who were healed actually were healed by God. So what Because they statistically you, yeah. were not healed at any higher rate than those who weren't prayed for. So that just means that if you're looking at it and if you're looking for miracles, you can't. They God refuses to act if you're trying to measure his action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is also a dick move by God. So in either way, it's just kind of a dick move. Okay. I think when it comes to this, there's a lot of religions that need to have the concept that there's things that are unexplainable by material. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's bullshit. I think there's always a material explanation. Doesn't mean the sure. material explanation is true. But if you have to have something that is unexplainable, like but you have to break stuff in order to make that work. Because yeah. there's always going to be a material definition, and you just need to—you either need to get comfortable with that, or you have to break something about the way that you view the world in order to maintain that view. And, and then, circumstances will break it too, like right. what Arthur just said. Like that happens to your kid, and the prayers didn't work for you. Mm -hmm. Then the then the thing distances out from you because they branded God as the the way, the truth, and the life, and the healing, mm -hmm. and all this. And then when it doesn't work for you, well, you must be the sinner, dude. So yeah, and go. it's always anecdotal. Yeah. It's always, uh, this happened to someone I know, and it's focusing on yep. that, and it's not focusing on... It doesn't even have to be somebody you know. It can be your own story. Right. I right. know right. people who tell those right. miracle stories, right. Right. but it's just their narrative of what happened. Right. Like, they just infuse 
how things turned out which better may not be with divine intervention. Which may not be false and it may not be bad, but it is bad if you start to dig into why do you have to believe that? Mm-hmm. Why is that so important that that's the story he landed on yeah. and not the one that the doctors just knew what the fuck they were doing? Mm. Like, why yeah, Why are you so attached to this story that so, it was gone? So that's one of the things with my story is, like, I... When I got to the hospital... So I, when I was 16, I drank a half gallon of rum. Uh, it took a long... You probably heard that story. And that took a while. But I, but I overdosed. Like, I died a bunch of times. Mm. So I was out in Lake Goodwin from here. That's It's, it's a ways to drive from there to the hospital mm-hmm. and they threw me in the back of the ambulance when the ambulance finally arrived right and and somehow I survived that um, I was flatlined for I don't know two minutes two and a half minutes or something like that and and there's a lot of people you know I woke up and and of course my Christian family was like it's a miracle mm-hmm. you know? and then there was doctors who were like yeah man like you shouldn't be alive like you there's but no there's life. also that it does happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, so you're I'm not, not the only but at the, t- on the, planet at the time, it was like, oh, I'm you know, miracle boy or whatever. And but it also created also in me a sort of even more anxiety to get things right. Like uh, I got the second chance wait, now, yeah. buddy. God save you. Oh, you better fucking. Oh yeah. yeah. You better. You, you better. Find you know, reason. get right or you know, discipline, which didn't work. You know, self discipline and. Being afraid, of, I was never afraid of hell. That never really worked for me, though. So you fixed your heart, but not your life. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> fix my heart. But, well, yeah. but it, there is something to that, and that's the thing about being a believer that I think is important. And so it goes to what John was saying too. If there's if there's just total nihilism, like I think there was a part of me when I was young that really embraced that, and I wanted to. I really did want to watch the world fucking burn. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a shit. I wasn't afraid of hell. This God thing's bullshit. All you motherfuckers are, you know, out to get me. Well, you were already in hell. That's why it didn't scare you. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> I, I really identified with that Guns and Roses. Like, They're out to get me. <laughs> I'm fucking innocent. No. Um, anyway, sorry. No, you're fine. But but that's but that's part of it. What you said earlier is, is there's something in me. There's a stream in me. There's a a deeper thing in me that's kept me alive. Mm-hmm. And I want to call that God. I want to call it the divine. Love. I want to call it whatever. I can plug, I can even <laughs> plug into it theologically. Like I think a lot of where I identify with some of the orthodoxy is is getting rid of this bullshit separation theology. Like pop Christianity today says, well. You know, Jesus died for your sins, and you you were separated. So your sins separated you from the Father. So God is this this cigar chomping, you know, lone shark who needs a pound of flesh from Jesus, or or some bullshit like that. Like I don't. And I think the difference between having a healthy perspective on that and an unhealthy one is: Do you want that to be true, or do you need that to be mm-hmm. true? Mm. Like wanting yeah, that to be yeah, true yeah, is yeah. great. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's, needing it. Who are you going to be? If it has to be true, yes. Yeah. If it absolutely has to be true, yeah. then, then, then you saying. have to ask why. Why yeah, do you yeah. have to have that? So the, the thing that yeah. the thing that Kristen's really getting at, though, is that the very foundation of Christianity, the the claim that it's true, is that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And like I, the virgin very, birth. Like yeah, start with that, and the then very keep on basic building. Level I don't know if that's just. Go on. The very basic level. Well, Paul's Paul's it's claims not. that this is like legit are based on that. And and then when you go and you talk to someone who's like, 
I'm going to prove to you this is real. That's where they're going to go. This is a documented historical event. Yeah. And I've heard post-Christians do what I was kind of describing to you before we hit the record button is, well, yeah, Paul said that, but, you know, really, though, isn't the metaphor beneficial, this death those burial resurrection? Those aren't Christians. Those aren't Christians, right? right. Yeah. There's a, the metaphor is beautiful, but the metaphor also just kind of parallels Buddhism. It's just, it, it doesn't have to be... So you go into like what, what defines a Christian. Right. Like what does that even mean? I'm, I'm talking specifically Christianity. Yeah, the creeds, dude. You read the creeds. Nicaea is, Nicae is the biggie on the eye chart. Yeah. Historically. What does it, it say? Yeah. You, the difference, you would you're the still being the difference between Christianity and Buddhism is Christianity has a much stronger story. But because it has a much stronger story, the facts are more important. Yeah. It has a stronger structure. Right. Well, because can be you can't have a story without... Right. And, and it's it's not just a story; it's a fairly tight story. Very it's tight. Not a, it's not written in a way of this is metaphor. It's written in the way of this, this is, is fact. this is fact. This is what happened. But to what Arthur was saying about prayer, I was interacting with uh, uh, last week or the week before. There was a famous <coughs> Christian author who died, and she was on life support <laughs> before she died, and all these people were praying for. Her. She, she's kind of big in liberal oh, yeah. evangelical no, no, circles. Rachel Held Evans. Yes. Yeah. And there's another author who I follow I actually really like who was like had this post about how she didn't pray for her and she didn't use that hashtag, you know, pray for Rachel or whatever. And, and, and she said, given my history of praying to an interventionist God growing up evangelical, there's no theological paradigm that makes it tenable for me to pray in a meaningful way without the end result being a capricious God who picks and chooses mm. who gets healed or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like, what? Do, what do you say to that? Like, like, what does a person of faith say to that? Um, and even as I describe myself as a person of faith who who prays, but maybe not in that way, yeah. quite the way I used to. I think that you said the word over and over. What's that? You engage it in faith. You engage it in yeah, faith. Yeah. And, yeah. The Bible says Jesus says, you know, I know what you want before you ask. That's changed my prayer life quite a bit, too. Like, there's a sort of narcissism or kind of shallow, I care about you, we're praying for you. Oh, and it's it's nice. sort of a... Yeah, <laughs> it's just question <laughs> bullshit for... It's easy. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a conversation easy. ender. I don't have you to be present with you. share something important, and they're like, well, I'll pray for you. <laughs> and then they don't Thanks. have to do anything. Then they don't have to be there with yeah, you, because yeah. then they've gone ahead and prayed for you. you. And I, I still pray, even though I'm not a Christian anymore. I still pray because there's something very cathartic about it. Who do you and pray to? It's God, it's the universe. Kind of, yeah. kind of. It, it, to me, it's just kind of an open-ended conversation. Of really, mostly what I feel like I'm doing is I'm meditating. I'm talking yeah, to myself. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm speaking to a different part of me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily think of it in that terms because it I feels gotcha. it feels very young and childlike when I do it. It's just very natural. Mm -hmm. But well, that's the thing. God isn't so personal in a lot of different faith constructs. Mm -hmm. That's that's a very you know Western. Christian. Which is why God Christianity is so you. appealing. Yeah. It can be. I mean, besides God the Father is kind of an asshole, but Jesus Jesus is beautiful. And well, I mean, in Western idea, Christianity. Yes. In Eastern Christianity, Jesus is God. Jesus is the image of God. Yeah. And so all those ideas you had about God yeah. were people attributing their tribal, angry, vindictive, whatever. And, and God is big and spacious enough and self-emptying enough to allow people to... Pro allow those projections and, uh, and then because why would he be threatened by that exactly I mean really exactly exactly if God is really as big and all-powerful oh, really we, we say we say he is we're really concerned especially within the westernized Christian church where everything that we do is to avoid 
hurting God's feelings. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all about emotional stuff, yeah. which is what, especially as a therapist, what I teach is emotional responsibility. Learning how to be able to step in, own your own emotions, mm-hmm. learning how to be embarrassed, learning how to be sad, learning how to be angry, and yet drawing a boundary there, giving yourself permission to burn through and work through those emotions, not suppressing them, mm-hmm. but also not inflicting them on somebody else and making it their responsibility. That is the God in which that's depicted, especially in the Old Testament, is somebody who's super pissed and he insists that we are responsible for his emotions. Mm. And it's hard. That's really, really difficult. It's an abusive relationship. Well, it, but like when you ask that question about miracles and you go to the Old Testament, I think that these are like there's there's myth, there's stories, there's people trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. I so I, I don't know. Like I think there's a nuanced way to kind of read some of those things. Like what's yeah. history? What's yeah. What's allegory? Um, the Old Testament God is the projection of people trying to figure out who this thing is that isn't making my crops grow, right? And then we write right. stories and try and figure that out. That to me is what miracles is. Miracles feels like humanity's attempt to try and have control. Yeah. That's why it makes me bristle. I don't like it because. So you would not believe you don't believe miracles. No, not really. I mean, I. In our family growing up, it was something that was pushed pretty hard. And, and our, our parents really believe in prayer quite a bit and miracles. And But I was, like you were talking about your son, who went through some health stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was pretty bad. I was that kid mm-hmm. that was deathly ill when I was mm-hmm. six. I had this giant tumor on my spine. Like, we lived in North Idaho. And so we didn't have access to incredible medical care. And it was this huge, pivotal point for me in my life. I got it, had to be shipped over, over to here in Seattle, Children's Hospital, and it was this really horrible experience for me, but the entire time, the, the whole church is praying for me. And they're telling me, you know what, you're gonna make it through, you're a fighter, you can do this, God is on your side. And the whole experience was really traumatizing for a whole bunch of reasons, but what ended up being residually traumatizing was the fact that when I got out, because I survived, and I wasn't paralyzed, it was pretty incredible, but people labeled that a miracle. Mm. And my mom especially labeled that a miracle. And so I go home and everybody says, you know what? The reason that you were healed is because we prayed for you. It wasn't the doctor. <laughs> well, then it was just people kept on telling me you were saved for a reason. There's a reason why you're still There's here. There's that Christian destiny right. thing. And I was just like, God you know, loves I was a six-year-old kid. Who knew I was a little bit of an asshole, and I was like, well, no, shit, you were special. I'm in trouble. You were special. And then a couple of years later, we had another kid in our church who got leukemia, and he fought, and he fought, and he fought, and he died. And that fucked me up. Because, because oh, yeah. yeah. so I'm special, that, he's not. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, me too. And I could never talk about that. That was the type of stuff I couldn't actually come forward <coughs> and just say, I think this whole concept of miracles is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you guys can pray and you can do that and you can celebrate when somebody recovers, but don't attribute it to prayer. Don't make it this huge superstitious ritualistic thing because that's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I always hated to go into church because I saw through it after six years old and I hate it. So they're seeing kind of an idolatry but too that it's not really about God. That's what it always felt like Yeah, me. it's about we did that. Yes. Look what we did because we, we got God's attention. Our faith. Like we made a big enough fire on the island where the helicopter God flew by. And, went, oh, and he look, said, yes, hey, she can live. Yeah, she can live. We'll rescue her. Uh-huh. The flip side oh, is too like, oh, it's, it's, it's better God took them home. Ugh, that grosses me out. Well, that's, that, that comes yeah, down to that, that right there. So that okay, God I'm answered the take prayer. That. All right, and this is kind of this is a rabbit trail. But the whole ideology, and I won't get all into the political stuff. So just when it comes to abortion, <coughs> but if Christians believe that babies go to heaven. You should kill them all. Arthur's right. now. <laughs> Arthur's all oh, I, 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 I suggested 
sense. Dropping day after birth control. Yes. All over pagan countries. Like they're just literally babies. saving Sense. babies by doing airdrops. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Don't let them, you know, grow up and become Hindu. More effective than missionaries. Right. No, kill the male, they go straight to heaven, that's it. Now you have saved their soul. I mean, that that is that's being a really effective more, it's more effective. way too pragmatic. <laughs> <laughs> For Christianity. But instead, I feel like they then it just becomes this whole thing of no you, abortions is horrible, you have to save babies. But then well, you have to save souls, and that's just that sounds like a lot. The of issue, and this comes down to I can't remember the philosopher. He's a modern philosopher, and he talks about the issue of falsifiability, mm -hmm. and how religions and Christianity, Western Christianity, is just amazing in how it does this is unfalsifiable, and that's the reason many people are attracted to it, and that's the reason it's broken. Mm. Mm. It's fundamentally, if you believe in a system that's non-false, that is unfalsifiable then it's a worthless system. Mm -hmm. If you can't have any, if somebody can't come in and say, well, if that's true, then this is true, and you always have an answer, <laughs> you always have a, no, 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 like, there's no concrete anything. <laughs> it's all fluff, it's all, it's all goo, everything fl flows, and everything always comes to the answer of I'm right. And those systems are fundamentally broken well that's why the those who those who won't do that use the authority of the bible that's why it's held right. so tightly because that's um, the concrete that's that's the glue right so we'll we'll believe in these unfalsifiable things but only because they're said in this holy scripture right and everything outside of that isn't like it, it's and so you know that's the world i grew up in is whatever the bible says is legit and everything outside of it is always suspect all the time and also our interpretation of the Bible. Because <laughs> he's interpreting. Yeah. Well, so one, one thing, if you've heard us, I, I talk about um, part of my post-evangelicalism deconstruction, these buzzwords, I, is I, I entered into the Eastern Orthodox Church in around, well, I started catechesis in 2014. I should have been in therapy instead of catechesis is really the truth. But anyway, um, uh, I was attracted to it. There's, there's various reasons why, but but what I often will talk about is how, it, like from an outsider looking in, it looks so weird and odd, and there's you know all these vestments or uh, priests wearing black and all these icons and smells and bells, and it looks weird and and what's going on there? There is so much less superstition, and I would even go as far as to say expectation of God doing miracles than I ever had as an evangelical. Mm. It's almost to the point of, it's almost like disappointing. It's almost like, it, it almost cozies up a little bit close to, to my default of, uh, of a deism. It almost like co cozies up to it. Oh no, they believe in God, they believe in Jesus, they believe in the saints, a personal God. But when it comes to healing, there's not, there's not all this fervor or this expectation. It's like, yeah, maybe God will heal you, maybe he won't. I don't know, but it's just so subdued and sober and actually honest. Yeah. And that's, I like that about it and I'm attracted to it for that reason, but I'm yes, also really honest. disappointed. I'm really disappointed well, it's not too. fun. Well, it, it's just lame because it's just, it's, it's real, real life. It makes you live in real uh -huh. life. It makes you live in, in that, and this is life. Isn't this life? Sometimes people are healed, sometimes they're not. And isn't that life? And, and look if at, I have to live in real life, can I do it without the robes and the things? And the incense and the I like that stuff, right? No, for the other people. Oh, for the other, yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah, because absolutely. Um, but it, but they, but they also like say you know there's kind of this live in your life, be present in your life, and 
Look at your Bible. Look at the lives of the saints. Suffering's part of the deal. Yeah. You don't get out of it. Right. And as an evangelical, right. I think we were told or kind of sold that you do. Yeah, we were. That was such a mixed, weird thing in our church growing up. Or because you do and you don't. You do and you don't. It's like. It's like, oh, you're going to have all this persecution and trials, but you're going to have the resource, the internal resources right. to deal with it. It's going to be right. supernatural. You can't have honor and honesty. It's a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lie. <laughs> That's a what fucking lie. Jay Stringer talks about that. You can't have honor and honesty in the same spectrum. So if, you, if you're going to honor a person, you can't be honest with me. So if you're your pastor, for example, if you're going to honor your pastor, you, you don't want your pastor honest. to be honest. Yeah. And if you're honest... Well, you can't be the pastor because mm-hmm. you obviously right. have shit in right. your life. So there's this weird, there's been this this traditional, that's the pop theology in this country, especially the last hundred years. I don't years. think that's true, though. True it is. It's like what we were talking about earlier about the idea where when you, you know, you're, you're raised by parents and they did some fucked up things, but you acknowledge that they did the best they could. That's simultaneously honesty about what how they raised you and it's honor. Because you're you're saying, yeah, they did fucked up things, but with the tools they had available and the way they were raised, and yeah, but that's 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 a good example. That's, that's of honor real honesty, right? Right, that's real. Yeah. The honor that that lives without honesty is bullshit. Well, if a pastor's that's addicted, fake like, like they're not sixty percent of pastors out there who are looking at porn, like they can't talk about that because that would be dishonoring of them and their. In their fucking office or it's whatever. It's God. It reminds me of. It's uh, God's not working. Nobody <laughs> can say that God's not working. It reminds yeah. me of the concept of uh, the speaker for the dead from the Orson right. Scott Card yes. book, where you just say what they did. You say what they did with like true honesty. Oh, I love that. Mm. And you know, uh, and brutal. You're you're telling the the story of their life mm. and what they faced and the choices they made and why they made them. And you're un you're uncovering all the. So on the outside, it, it's like the idea where, oh, there's this kid, and when you were in like fifth grade, he was an asshole to you and he bullied you. But then like later, you learned like his dad was beating him, like on a nightly basis. Yeah, and it, it changes it like it, it changes the, the difference of yeah, like, oh no, he was just the bully who fucked with me. I hate him. And then you're like, oh, I now realize his life was really hard, and he was just paying it forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks, bully gaining, dad. Gaining perspective is no. what it is. And that's the thing about the Bible, too. The Bible tends to show the flaws of the people that are in it. Even Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane going, Hey, man, if this cup could pass, like sweating blood, which is just massive anxiety that's triggered from the guy. Like, that's recorded in there. So that, Some of that gives me hope. Is that flaws or is that vulnerability? It's vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Is that flaw? Yeah, but I think that's, that's an honor and honesty It's close thing. enough to a flaw. That it can be viewed as a flaw. It's human. Yes. It's human. It's and human. the God-man was human. What makes yeah. it a flaw, though? Uh, Abraham, like, pimping well, like, out his wife. You expect uh, God to deal with death better? Right. Yeah. Expectation. Expectation of perfection. But again, that's just a perspective. That's just... I mean, he's about to save the whole human race from, you know... From what? Right. He's not... That's, Superman so, wouldn't do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right! Uh, Superman would just do it without thinking about it and just, you yeah. know, this is what I have to do. Right. I'm going to be honest. Yep. Like, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. Like, I'm like going to go and die. Well, when Lois Lane died, though, he was pretty grief-stricken. <laughs> grief for her? He didn't grieve for himself. <laughs> no, it was for himself because he lost her. Because he would have taken the bullet. That's what grief always is, though. In a second. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, like the, that's the whole point. Like, Jesus is taking the bullet and he's crying about it. 
Jesus doesn't want to take the bullet. The Superman wants to take the bullet. Yeah. Superman wishes that he could have taken the bullet. If only I was not so bulletproof. In the in the I mean it'd have to be the kryptonite bullet, but whatever. Right. Yeah. In the Catholic Bible, the, the Maccabees go down way better than Jesus did. And I think that's why the book of oh, Maccabees of is honor. not in the right. Protestant Bible, because the Maccabees, when they get martyred, they're all like shaking. They're superheroes. Like, oh, we're going to heaven. Like this is gonna be great, right? Before they're being murdered. Yeah, it's super cold. You know? It's like, oh, we're gonna leave that part yeah. out because that makes Jesus look kind of bad, maybe, right? <laughs> We can't do that. So we had a discussion last week that we didn't record that you guys said that I was articulating a view that was surprising or a little bit... Um, well, that was the beginning of this one. Oh, the beginning of this show, yeah. What oh, was the beginning we, of this before one? We, before we I thought it was last week something I was saying about Yeah, you and I, with the religion thing, where it's I'm been like... Going on for a while, dude. It's been going on for a while. And I said something that was... Where I'm like, I'm, I'm, a, spir- I'm a spiritual guy, I believe... I'm a, I guess I consider myself a Christian, but I'm not, I hate religion. And you were saying that's a false dichotomy. Russ is spiritual but not religious, and I'm religious but not spiritual. And I, I don't. I actually don't think. <laughs> well, that's you were true. you were saying that that you can't have both or something. No, what I was saying is that it's a false dichotomy. Okay, well, but, that's what we were. But we've talked about that before. Um, what were but we your about? thing was that you're basically saying. That it was possible to be Christian without being believing in the supernatural. Oh, at the beginning. Oh, right. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We flushed yeah. that out. Okay, we flushed that, that out. That was the same same issue that you have with Rush, which is in order to be able to do that, you have to basically throw out everything that well, is Christian. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit because of the creeds. Like, yeah, yeah. You have to believe Jesus rose from the dead. You have to believe in supernatural to be a Christian. Period. And story. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not really a historical Christian. Based in any according real to sense who? Of the but word. Th- th- this, this also though is is some of my immersion in in Orthodox thinking is th- they don't parse all of this out. It's really nuanced. But so much of their framework, it's not that nuanced. It is though because I asked your priest whether Jesus rose from the dead. Dude, say absolutely one hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, he would. That he would. Because I mean, he railed me about no. homosexuality. No, no, not no, even about there. Jesus. Like no, that, from the dead. Okay, like the, twice. He's the, done. The, the resurrection. The resurrection for sure is the biggie on the eye chart. For sure is a historical event. Uh, but, but. Um, other things are just like kind of seen as iconography, for lack of a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it's symbolism. It, it's it's not like like you know you really <coughs> th- these things are, are there to to teach you. They're, they're kind of like like More a finger parables. pointing to the moon mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, there, there's a there's a parable element to it. Yeah. So it's it's not like is there really a literal devil in hell or something? It's like or, or is this a metaphor for the worst parts of us? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that it, it kind of goes so to the those places. the story of Job and the Orthodox? Did Job get fucked by the devil? I don't know. I haven't unpacked Job. It's a good question. Hitler's getting fucked by the devil in Little Nicky. Have you seen that? Uh, the film he's in hell. It, it okay. was, uh, all, right, all right, Hitler, come on. <laughs> Hitler was getting a pineapple yeah. stuff. That oh, was that's from Hitler is what it was. That's what it was. Uh, the great uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um... Maybe Hitler liked it. That's part of what you were saying earlier. Jesus. I'm sorry. John. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> what, you were saying, what you were saying earlier about about the the embracing the dark side uh-huh. thing, you know? And for me, I, I like the language of, of setting my devils free. I had oh, to mean get the dark to parts place. of who you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and setting them free. Not, not just exercising them or whatever. Right. But not carving them out of you, but reintegrating them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, sometimes I get curious about naturalistic explanations for mm-hmm. things that are you know seemingly miraculous. So take for example this. And I've talked about this maybe like a, this example of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's literally like 
you're passing on your genetics. Like eternal or life just is your, your cells existing in the universe, or that, and being picked the, up by other creatures. Because it, you will, you will continue to. Is live that on. yeah? Could, yeah. That's another one. Could that be eternal life? Well, it's not what I expected. It's not what you know. You're expecting to be in this body, in this form, in this consciousness. The streets of gold or whatever, like yeah. you know. Which actually sounds awful. But when we talk about yeah, eternal life, <laughs> streets of gold, Charlie Gates. Eternal like, life. Ugh. What people are really talking about is memory. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're talking. About. Eternal memory. You're right. right. Going on and on and on and yeah. having the it's same. Not, it has nothing to do with eternal life. It has right. to do with eternal memory. But there's something in us that really doesn't want to die. No, it doesn't but want to forget. Or, or be forgotten. Yeah. 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 Forget or be forgotten. Yeah. We don't want to be worthless. That's what it all boils down to. And it's, I mean, that's that's really the religion I think that we're all dealing with. What about ghosts, Kristen? Do you believe in ghosts? I mean, we can, supernatural. I, don't know. I mean, so I don't really have a problem with the whole idea of there being supernatural stuff. Uh, I mean, it's there very well could be. I don't know. There could uh, be miracles. But it's just how you were talking <coughs> about earlier, Derek. That it's it's the need for it. Yeah. Rather than just because I'm open to the fact that it's there, how I was yeah. talking about before, I'm more of a mystic than anything else. Ditto. Yeah, me too. But the the real mystery, as I see it, though, is because we talk on this, you know, on our podcast a lot about faith, some philosophy, some just existential, therapeutic. We've talked about doing psychedelic drugs. I mean, the the, the real question is, what is consciousness? Mm. And isn't it just amazing that we're conscious? It's incredible. And and that's really the question. It is consciousness, like, if if there's anything that's supernatural, it's, it's consciousness. It should yeah. be, yes. Because yes. that is a miracle. Like, like, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It, it is. is. That, yes. it, the, the, our whole existence is like, for and lack of a better word, psychedelic. Far, you get anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you can. Like... <clears throat> Well, because you can't explain it. Right. So like, then you go right up against There's the, some animals that have, like, borderline consciousness, you know, that we can, like, measure and, like, like look at. Like yeah. gorillas. And I think that's what religion is. Dogs, <laughs> dogs have anxiety. They yeah, do. They oh, can yeah. get neurotic. They do. Yeah. That's they what do. religion is, though, is an attempt to explain what are we doing and why are we here. It, we're, we're conscious apes. It's fascinating. Like, that's really the miracle. I don't know. But, but, yeah. but then we just get... We really have to have an answer. That's where yeah. I think it's it gets dangerous. Because then you take it and then it's... You create something that's supposed to be living and breathing and moving, and you make it stagnant. Mm -hmm. That's where dogma and religion, that's where I have a hard time with it. Because it just yeah. it nails it down and whittles it down to what it feels like should be a science, but then it's not actually a science. Or even science mm -mm. can get down to a, mm -hmm. a, a very religious, it has to be this way. Right. There is no God, and I know because... You know, the, which you can't the, prove that either. Yeah, you, can, you really can't. No. Yeah. You can, that. you can do that all day. No, but some people that love science. Yes, but some people. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, well, big time. There's or claim to love science, and I think that's tied. Claim, to science actually claims to know very little. They just right. claim to know. Here's what we've observed, and we can repeat. Right. And then usually we build upon that, and that's like science was wrong. No, it wasn't wrong. We had just learned one thing, and now we've expanded that same practice and. But even how you're describing it. science, you're making it sound like it's a collective unit that has a voice. It's not. Like it's just it's, yeah. it's something that people practice and they experiment with and they have hypotheses and then they go from there. So it's not like science claims X, Y, and Z. It's science. people. It gets, no, people it gets, science or scientists. Headlines that claim X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's reporters. <coughs> Usually incredibly prematurely. Yeah, it's the media. It's the reporters that... Yeah. I think a big reason I'm a Christian is that if, if Jesus was killed by the religious establishment... <coughs> Because he was said he was the authority that he said he was, and he came and and they kill him, and he comes back three days later. 
Like, there's something really punk rock about that that I, I well, it's incredibly enjoy. badass. Like, it's right. not, I'm not exactly. gonna say that's not. Right. Like, hey, fuckers, hey, I'm back, right? And I would love to believe that. It yeah. actually, it's when I got to the point where I actually let go of Christianity. It was, it was just kind of a really natural thing where it was just opened up to the possibility of, oh, what if, what if that's not it? And so I let go, and I was really excited. It was really exhilarating, but it was also really sad. Because yeah, I would agreed. love to be yeah. able to go back and just believe that because okay. it's it's exciting. Okay, wait though. Like yeah. I'm tracking with you, but I go somewhere with it where I can affirm it actually is, is a statement of faith or again that could be conditioning, but I, I have that. Like I, I can affirm it. Yeah. But I go to a place of so what? Like Christ rose from the dead, so what? <laughs> like I still gotta die. Everyone I love still dies. I still got to work tomorrow. I still got to pay bills. And, and, and basically, what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like like the like the people that were crying Hosanna, mm-hmm. you know. And then a week later, crucify him uh, because I want God to deliver me from my proverbial Rome, and He doesn't. And so maybe I'm just really disappointed. But then it's like, oh, but He did so much more than deliver you from your proverbial Rome. Like, yeah, it just doesn't feel like it. Right. You know, all those feelings. That's important, though. <laughs> it's like Rob Bell said. Rob Bell said, uh, he said, and this triggered even me at the time when he said it. He said, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, but does it really matter? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if, it really, if it really, really has to matter, there's, some, there's an issue with that. Like, there's something wrong with that. Like, if, if you really need that to be true, mm-hmm. and, and, and you've got to see it, and you've got to know it, then there's no faith in that. Like, that's certainty addiction. Well, we, look, we've talked about it's that. It's the fear before. of death. Right, and yeah, the promise yeah. of heaven. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like hell's almost Give me some irrelevant. Kind of evidence. Like it's 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 the, it's giving you hope that uh, what you're experiencing here isn't all there is. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually implies pretty strongly that you won't remember this, this life, and if that's true, eternal life, as almost every Christian in the world understands it, is not accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so again. If we're talking not talking about eternal life, we're talking about eternal memory. Yeah, Jesus says, yeah, that doesn't happen. So this would be almost a gestation. Like this is just a. It's kind of an incubation period. Something I don't know. I, he's not very clear on the details, but he's pretty clear. Like you're not going to remember this. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to remember your mother. And, and reincarnation is so. in, in the Bible too, even though we don't like that. It's not pop theology. There's some sects of Judaism that embrace it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. It's, like actually naked I left this world naked I shall return like what the fuck do you think that well, we means? don't know that, <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah you're not going to be a certainty addict about it but it throws out the idea that you know to, to Arthur's point even going back to the idea of miracles <coughs> there are miracles in the orthodox eastern orthodox world that you know as a westerner I never was aware of like you can look online uh, look up holy fire in Jerusalem at uh Every every Pascha, or I should say, uh, every Easter, uh, <coughs> the patriarch goes into the tomb of Christ, where they think Christ was laid, comes out with fire, like on this, uh, what do you call it, like a like a lamp or something, and people pass around this fire, and they they're not getting burned, they're dancing with it, it's everywhere. Mm. It, I mean, maybe a couple of years and the <laughs> hidden camera is going to totally ruin. That maybe, but but that's immediately where my mind goes. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, right? but it's terrible. <laughs> But, it, but, like but, but it's been a tradition. I mean, just look, no. I feel like it's look I'm, it up. I'm a kid that doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Oh, ditto, I'm just sitting ditto. here, just yeah. no. Yeah. I, no, I, 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 I just feel mean because I actually have no like. I I love Christians and I really I respect who they are and what they believe. Just don't 
But we, yeah, well, force it on me. Like, no, right, right. Wait, there is a fire, Kristen. Take it. Yes. There is a bit of a hostage <laughs> thing that happens when people share those stories. Sure. Of you don't have permission to disagree with this. Oh, agreed. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling this story. And you're, going, and you're not going to say anything I saw it with my own eyes yeah. Yeah. and yeah. you can't and you're not allowed to and this is just me telling you what to believe is basically what the but, but more but more where I was going with it like like take that anecdote or take like like there's another uh, th- this happens and I, I've never seen one I, I've known people that have you know there's always some guy somewhere else no but, but really though there are documented cases of of icons that stream myrrh Okay. Now, okay. Yeah, maybe there's some. Uh, you know, let's investigate it. Let's oh, take right, an X-ray of it. But, but like, there's more streaming icons. Mm-hmm. Now, right. someone like me goes. The one part of my brain responds to that, or reacts to like those examples of miracles. Like, well, what the fuck? Cure cancer. Right. You know why? <laughs> like, like, we already have myrrh. Yeah, we have like <laughs> we have a lot of myrrh. Like, 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 like that, that's great. We can uh, mass produce that. Yeah. shit. Mary streaming myrrh. But my grandpa's dying of cancer. That's great. Thanks God. But, but, but going back to what Arthur was saying though, like I, I, insulin in the United States. <laughs> yeah, or Pepto Bismol. That would be cool. It's getting really expensive. Dies diarrhea. Just trip out of a statue. Like. Is is not not dying or not. Being removed from suffering maybe shouldn't be part of our expectations right. or part of the yeah. equation. Abs- right, and, and it is. That's it. And maybe it's God saying, if there it. if there is a God and those miracles are real, let's just say they are for a minute. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm here. I'm with you in it. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's not about getting you out of it as much as transforming it yeah. and transforming you in it. And maybe it's just God a reminder. just to do cool shit. Or fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Angel. Which I can get behind. Right? You know? yeah. right. I bet he has a sense of humor. Chris Angel in Vegas has a thing where he says, if you go, I'll give you $2 million if you can do some, some supernatural there a, shit. There's a TV show he'll debunk it. That in the UK that went for 20 years. And it was a lot of money. I think it started at ten thousand dollars, and then they moved to a hundred thousand dollars. The James Randi. I think it was yeah. a million dollars. Houdini started, and he it. had person after yeah. person after person. Not a single person ever won a dime on that show. Right. Because yeah, because like, yeah, it was <laughs> awful. Like yeah, and yeah. he would just go. You know, he'd have all these people doing all this hokey shit, and he'd he was really good at spotting it. Yeah. He'd just be like. Chris Angel busts uh, like the the psychics, you know, that go on and try right. and well, fuck people uh, up or lost Teller loved ones do a lot and of stuff. That stuff too. Yeah, but, yeah, Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. Too. I mean, he they've said like we can replicate all the miracles in the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> like we can replicate it, you yeah. know. So Russell, what you, what you were saying before, you said what what about ghosts? I mean, if I yeah. take that and I take it a step further, of not ghosts but demons, because and that again might be more of a Westernized thing, but whenever people talk about God doing miracles. They also talk about demon possession, mm-hmm. and that's that's also just very difficult. That's a challenge. I don't know what to do with the supernatural, demonic, demonic stuff. Thing. Like, like I, I, you know, I don't think it's helpful. I think that's what I do with it. You just. I don't think it's helpful. When a twelve-year-old girl yeah. in yeah. who, like, speaks Latin in a deep voice, like, cool. What the fuck <laughs> is that? You know, like, yeah. is, is there supernatural evil? Right? Yeah. It's like, it actually seems like that might be more demonstrative. Here's the thing we've done like scientific studies on tongue speakers. Uh-huh. They don't use syllables they don't know previously. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. They never have. Mm-hmm. Nobody's speaking something they don't know. And it's not like it's in a legible foreign tongue either. Yeah, right. right. It's uh, languages are very easy to translate no matter. 
there's some <coughs> consistency between them, we should be able to have a, a linguist sit down and figure out exactly what they are saying if it's an actual language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, modern tongue speakers do not do what is described in the Bible. No. And, there's, and in fact, they're not even like creative. Right. There's a woman that my wife and I know who owns the Merchant Cafe in Seattle and the little hotel is attached to it, kind of an acquaintance anyway. And, and she, <coughs> a few a while back, she said, she, I told her about the podcast we do and stuff, and she goes, she goes, I'll lock you, you guys want to spend the night in here one night. We should do that. I know, I, I wanted to take her up on it, but she hasn't emailed me back. But she said, she says, I guarantee you some shit will fucking happen. We bring, she even said that, bring a skeptic. Because Kristen, <laughs> oh, I would be freaking out the entire time. But she but you don't believe I'm it. Sca- no, and I don't. I really don't. She's had I, I believe. I do believe that stuff would happen, right. and I do believe I'd be freaked out the entire time. But do I actually believe it's ghosts? Right. There's right. this philosopher that several of us drink from, mm-hmm. glean some from his work, and he talks about this anecdote. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was Darren Brown or something that had this uh, this story of, hey, you don't believe it. Well, here's this book with this incantation uh read it yeah and people i'm an atheist but they won't read it because what we say we believe isn't as easy (laughs) you know it's like there's the cognitive i don't believe that but then there's also this body how much of of you doesn't believe it because i would go it might not be that much always just the front part (laughs) yeah you you would (laughs) i would go and have an emotional experience where i'd feel fight or flight the entire time and that there, that's where, especially what it feels like with a lot of religion, people go and they have an emotional experience, and then from there they draw a correlation, yeah. and then they decide story. that that's what happened. So God came, or a demon came, and so because I'd be freaked out the entire time, I'd be really tempted to say, well, obviously, that's something demonic. And well, so... In your trauma work, surely you meet people that are oppressed, or to use that word... I work with a lot of Christians, which is really interesting. Because oh, I, can, I can step into that, and I can speak the language, you and I actually can do a lot of work... Because they don't need to know where I'm at. It's yeah. not necessary. Yeah. A lot of people assume I'm a Christian. A lot of people assume I'm not. It doesn't matter at all. Because um, I can use the Bible therapeutically pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I can. But occasionally, every once in a while, especially when we get into demonic stuff, that's when it starts getting a little bit... Do you parse out the it, spiritual it, and the psychological? Is that like... That's usually what I end up doing, yes. Make it metaphor? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's... Make yeah, to wrap it up. Hard yeah. to do. I'm- Right. Thanks for coming, Kristen. Yeah, thanks, nice for coming. thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Anytime. Likewise. Land the plane, Derek. Plane is landed. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Michael W. soon. Both pilots. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe. Like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't chicken out! Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. That's a huge bitch! Picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue.